You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. What's up? I got to let you know that Comedy Central has your new favorite podcast, and it's with my friend Chris DiStefano, and it's called Stand Up with Chris DiStefano. Every week, Chris and his producer, they listen and they discuss some of the greatest stand-up of all time, from classic bits about uh, out of Comedy Central's library to jokes um, from today's hottest up-and-coming comedians. You know, they got that, spe- you know, if you want to hear about the best bits and you want to go back through them and listen to them and hear a guy break them down like no one else can, Chris is your guy. They'll unpack their favorite bits, they'll discuss the comedy scene, they'll call up other comedians, and they'll just get into everything about comedy. And hey, since they record at Comedy Central's headquarters in New York City, you never know who might drop in. Imagine listening to an expertly curated playlist with jokes from John Mulaney and Hannibal Burris to Maria Bamford and Mitch Hedberg. And in between each joke, you get to hear behind-the-scenes discussions about the bit or whatever else Chris has on his mind, which is a lot, if you know Chris. It's basically two podcasts for the price of one, but completely free. And there's no podcast out there that's anything like it. Subscribe and listen to new episodes of Stand Up with Chris Stefano every Thursday, whether you wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's guest uh, is one of the funniest people that I've ever seen. I'm so honored to be able to sit down with him uh, today. He is the guest that I've been trying to get. Um, I sent him a DM probably a year ago, uh, and I'm just, I had to come to Australia to be able to sit down with him. He um, is the creator. He's, he's just creative. He has a new series on Netflix called Lunatics. Uh, he is uh, he is the creator and the lead of like nine different characters in uh, Jonah from Tonga and Summer Heights High, which are two of the most amazing shows. You might have to go a little deep into the internet to find them, but I think you should. Summer Heights High, Jonah from Tonga, his new Netflix series, Lunatics, and I'm just really happy to be sitting here with Mr. Chris Lilly. Yeah, dude, I actually had a dream, dude, uh, like a couple nights ago that you were, were at like a restaurant or something. It was like a fast dream. And you were having like a maybe like a salad or something. Yeah. I don't even know. Does that seem like something you would eat? What, what do you think you would even eat? You think? Well, I don't. Eat, I don't eat meat, but yeah, 
Oh, so you maybe within salidator? I don't know what I ate. Yeah, Mexican Mexican food. So maybe yeah, maybe it wasn't. I think it was you. It was pretty much you because I remember I was meeting you at this restaurant, and because I was excited about meeting you, and so I was meeting you at this restaurant. Yeah, and then it kind of cut to, yeah, it looked like you were having like a salad or something. Yeah, I wonder where what made you think that. Did I look like? Because you don't know what I really look like. You would be thinking of the characters and stuff. So yeah, some of them. I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what character maybe would be having like a salad. Maybe, uh, oh, not uh, the Earl of Havenhurst. That, not that oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> God, dude, that guy is so Nah, crazy. he's not a salad eater. Bro, that guy is... He's a cheese eater. Yeah, and what's wrong with him? I feel like he's on the spectrum. Yeah. Of some sort. The tism, that's what they call it where I'm from. Oh, the tism, yeah. There's something going on. Yeah, I don't know. He's like kind of a victim of like society a little bit, you think? Well, does he do his own thing or is he like a... Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's like aspirational. It's like everyone wishes they had the balls to do the stuff that he does and say the stuff he does. Yeah. But I think he gets away with it because he's a little bit unaware of how impactful it is, which, yeah, maybe that's the spectrum thing. Yeah, it's kind of a blessing too to be a little bit unaware. Yeah. Once you get too aware, stuff's not that fun a lot of times. Yeah, I think I think people want to be him. That's why it kind of works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I do a little bit. I think I think I was I wish I was a bit more like him. Just fearless, huh? Yeah. And his little cousin too. What's the guy's name? Dylan. Yeah. yeah How great was it to work with that kid? He's a cool kid. Yeah. He just kept laughing at me the whole time. Oh, I bet, man. <laughs> you could see some scenes. <laughs> Where it cuts away from him, uh, I noticed because he mm. could, he was just going to start laughing. Yeah, it was well because we just keep rolling. I think he be, he didn't quite know when we were on or not. Yes, um, but he's a really great kid. Um, but he picked up on a lot of the language and he started like ad libbing and throwing in like oh that's a great c words and stuff. So had to kind of pull him back a bit. Oh, he started <laughs> to get crazy, huh? Yeah, but he was just having fun. It's great though, isn't yeah. it? It must be fun to see that as like a, and we're talking about lunatics for people that haven't checked it out. Uh, it must be great to see like in the beginning, a guy like Dylan, an actor like him kind of, you know, learning his way, but by the end, him starting to get that confidence and stuff. Is that pretty cool to see as a director? Yeah, um, I was unreal. There's a lot of scenes where we drive off in this little red yeah. car together yeah. and I had to like pull out the audio because as we drove off, he was like, fuck, slow down, you cunt. Like swear, <laughs> swearing at me and just like he was just, he got into it so much. That's crazy. But, yeah, I wanted him to be a bit more mute. So I had to like, yeah. pull him out, pull the audio out. You had to take him aside sometimes a little. A little bit, but I just usually these people that we cast, you kind of just roll with whatever you've you've got. Like you've you've chosen them for a reason, and you just make the best of what they have rather than trying to shape them too much. Yeah. And do you do all, most of your casting as well? Yeah. Well, I choose all the people, but I'm um, I have a really great team of casting people that find them. They literally go find them off the street. <laughs> yeah. They walk around the streets and find them, <laughs> or they'll just like rock up to schools or whatever. It's they'll go anywhere. Yeah, because it's so specific the kind of people we need that you have to like search far and wide. Yeah, it must be that it seems like you almost need like kind of a garden. You set up a garden, and you're kind of the the rabbit in a way. So it's like every 
the other people are still amazing people and humans and everything, but it's almost, does that make any sense to you? It's almost like you have to have a place to pl- where your creativity just is be able to kind of flow through the, yeah. the, 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 the slalom poles of, of, of the other characters. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Um, and it takes a while to find those people. Also, you don't, because they're real people. I mean, not all of them. Some of them have some acting experience, but a lot of them are real people and they're, they behave a certain way in the audition. And then when you're on set, it's kind of oh. like, oh shit, there's Chris Lee. Oh, he's in a wig. He's swearing at me. <laughs> and they kind of become a bit different. So you kind of have to adapt to the new version of them. Mm. Because you can't talk them back into the regular version. Sometimes it's kind of hard, I guess. I try to a little bit, but then it makes them lose confidence. So mm. sometimes I'm like, I'll fix it in the edit. But it, I mean, they do. They, the great thing about that is then you get these magic moments where they just they do these things that actors never do. Like, yeah. and you're like, shit, that's so real and good. And um, yeah, is it hard for you sometimes when you know a moment like that is because I can imagine there are probably times where in a scene you know a moment just happened that was so perfect that it's like, is it hard sometimes to? Are you able to notice those as they happen? Kind of sometimes. Yeah, you're in it. You, yeah, you see it when it happens. Yeah, and then a part of me is also like watching the cameras, and I, I've told those guys what to do while they're doing things. I can see the way the cameras are moving at the same time. I'm like, oh shit, they covered it. Awesome, got that. Yeah, like because we have two cameras rolling at the same time, and yeah, it's a weird thing. And I can sort of I'm editing it in my head as I'm doing the scene. I don't know. I'm not trying to make myself sound. No, like it doesn't amazing. sound like you are. I'm just like, <laughs> it's a weird process. And you're like, oh, shit, that's going to work. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, and he covered that. And then I'll cut there. It's, yeah, it's exciting. Well, there's not I a lot of people that do, that have ever done really kind of what you, what you do. You know, it's rare. It's extremely rare, I think, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Ari and I were talking about it yesterday. There's like, you know, in the US, we have, who's that guy, Ari? Yeah, a little bit of Sasha Baron Cohen, but his some of his stuff is a little more mean spirited, I think. Where yeah. um, yours is just kind of like this, just this world that is just so. It's all about fun. It seems like a lot of times is that the vibe on set, or does it get sometimes a little bit too mad? Like you have to manage so much that it's hard to stay in the fun stuff. It's probably more. It's a little bit more serious, but it's pretty relaxed and kind of peaceful. It's it's a really quiet thoughtful kind of set like it's not yeah that's not people are like uh, often you have like a first first ad that will be yelling at everyone but in our world it's just very peaceful and he's he talks quietly and it's just about getting those moments because i've thought it through so much before we get on set mm. that i just know i need these little moments so it's not like everyone's laughing their heads off the whole time but yeah you kind of know like you sort of st- you know how it's going to come together. Um, yeah, it's it's more like peaceful than hilarious on set. Yeah. Do um. Do you feel like like recently I was thinking about like what makes like why laughter is like important to me, kind of you know, or what like it's always been to me in my life, like. And sometimes I was thinking that, you know, I feel like laughter. It's like. 
it was like when people were laughing when I was young, it was like the only time that I kind of felt okay. Like for some reason in my head, I was always kind of judging myself or, or I thought other people thought something was wrong with me, you know? And so I knew if they were laughing, then they couldn't be like not liking me at the same time or something, you know? Yeah. Like if I have those people laughing, there's no way they could be laughing, you know, see, seeing their smile and hearing the joy come out of them and also not liking me. So it was like a second of like peace in my in my head or in my spirit or something. Do you what is what has laughter kind of been like for you or the or the ability to make people laugh? Like what's some do you do you have any thoughts on any of that from your own experience in life? Yeah, I mean it's so it's every like I every friendship I have it's about about laughing and <laughs> making jokes about things and just yeah, I, I'm not really friends with serious people. Yeah. So it's like it's everything. <laughs> it's like so fun to just even friends that I just text, it's just all jokes, like <laughs> and it's not like we're like, you know, it's, yeah, everything's funny. It's just about seeing the funny side of everything. Um, yeah, similar thing, like growing up, I just knew that there was a sort of power in the idea of making the family laugh. And I think, I feel like you're the youngest as well or something. Like, are you the youngest? Um, I have an older brother. Yeah, so I'm the youngest. So I've got two two older brothers and a sister. So I remember growing. Oh, you were the little one then. Yeah. Wow. And so when I was like five, usually or the drug addict is a little one. Oh uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's time for that. Let <laughs> me um, But it's yeah. I remember just being like five, and then uh, my brother and sister were actually born in the same year. Oh um, wow. Same parents, same year, January, December. But anyway, they oh, were good. like. I thought you of, meant like May and July. Nah. Um. Still, it's like. That's close. Yeah. Um, and I think they call it Irish twins. Yeah. yeah, they do something. yeah. Um, that, well, so I was supposed to be triplets too, someone told me once. Bullshit. Yeah, and I wasn't. It's just me, which is crazy because I've always felt like there was something else out there for me, you know. How did they, did they do an ultrasound? The doctor said that. Were the other ones in there at one point? I don't know. Told my mom that it was triplets whenever they were going in there and then nothing, just me. Can you have two that don't make it and one comes out? My mom would have told me. I've always secretly thought I was a twin and that my mom is keeping it a secret. <laughs> and I like hit her up with that a like, couple of years ago and she had a like a flinch on her. She sort of reacted when I said it. So, so you think maybe it could be something? There could be something. There's, yeah. But I don't know if that's possible. I don't know much about babies. Well, moms like to keep secrets, I think, when it comes to stuff like that, like about birth and like, you know, family yeah. history and stuff. I think they don't like to share all of that yeah i guess it's in their day it was more of a that you just went off and did it and didn't talk about it yeah they used to sometimes they'd take a car down to you know maybe byron bay or something you know and just have a baby down there and come back and never even have a baby yeah just like oh i was you know kind of fat for a bit yeah just into the toilet or whatever yeah Yeah. that's it but i mean yeah people Back in the day, you'd drive off to another town, Boston, and give the kid to a charity or something and come back. You know, it was this. True. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. I was like that. Mm-mm, 50 years, maybe. Yeah. The only thing my mom said once, because I, I was talking about how the circumference of my head is really big. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got a massive head and I have to get extra large hats. And, she's like, and she was like, yeah, I remember. So oh. apparently it was a big head when it came out. Oh, I bet that never leaves him either. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. The pain of that. Yeah, that's true, man. 
And is your mom still alive? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, let's think about it later when she's not. Yeah. <laughs> not she now. brought it up. Oh, um, well, then you're safe, yeah. man. So you had the two older, you had the two older siblings. <laughs> um, yeah, all of, I was going to say, like, they were, like, kind of pre... Uh, no, they would have been, like, teenagers when I was about five. And oh. they're, they're kind of stressing out. The parents are stressing out about them because they're the eldest and they have to, like... There, there was a kind of stressy vibe going on. And I remember just doing stupid gags and <laughs> making the family laugh, which mostly involved me, like, getting my dick out. Yeah. Um, That's a huge thing. Yeah. That was big when I was about five. So there's a lot of – there was a lot of dick jokes going on. So, And still, I bet it was fun for them, too, to see a kid just partying with his dick out and not, like, in a illegal yeah. way, you know, just so – Yeah. It was, it, was, it was fun. Yeah, man. Actually, when I was born, I had like an adult-sized penis on a child's body. Did you? Yeah. And so they had, um, like, I couldn't even sleep at night. It would hurt my back, you know, to sleep because I'd lay oh, on wow. it. You know, babies lay face down. Did you just grow into it or is, is has it grown like No, I grew into it. I grew past it, actually. Oh, right. And that was kind of disappointing. Oh, I see. Now, yeah, okay. Now it's a child size. Yeah, now it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, like a healthy kind of teenager size, you know? Oh, yeah. I think I think I haven't shown it to any. Anybody. I haven't seen a lot of teenagers' dicks, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you think? Uh, <clears throat> I guess at five years old, uh, your dick is like your greatest wet. It's like the coolest thing you've ever known. It's the Pee best comes thing out of it. Yeah. How great is that? Four times a day. It's it's so fun. Yeah. It's it's still fun. It's like yeah, and people laugh at it. My family thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. There's a lot of photos of it. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Um, do you, I remember sometime, I'll be honest, I would lay in the water in the bathtub, right? Mm. And just pee straight up in the same. air onto myself. Yeah, same. Oh. That's really good. It was good, man. <laughs> I just saw, oh, dude, you know what? I just saw the scene last night. I was up watching Lunatics. <laughs> the one <laughs> where the, your character, um... The uh, the the large body real estate yeah. guy when he urinates in his own mouth. Yeah, yeah, he loves that. When he's showing the girl Paige when yeah, she's thinks, sitting down, he thinks it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and it is. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. good, man. It was exciting. But yeah, I remember being. It was so much fun when you were young, man. Yeah, making the family laugh. That is definitely a thing. And then you just become a big version of that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah did um did you did you realize like because i remember when i was young i would make kids at school laugh you know but i never realized that it would be able to translate into doing it like on a stage and stuff you know and in a bigger environment yeah um did that kind of happen for you like was there a part where you realized like because it's kind of scary to think that one of your talents something you do could be like a marketable talent it's almost like a yeah it it's almost cheesy it. yeah, yeah it ruins it a little bit it's like yeah but you then you're like i can have a normal job or i can do this cool thing and yeah yeah it's sort of worth it um do you know like a lot of your characters have they been with you since you were young or some of them are brand new some of them are things you just see off of people on the street and you're like oh i could do that guy yeah it's usually a combination of like things that of ideas that you collect over a really long period. So it's not like it's ever one person or one thing you've seen. Sometimes it's like a leftover concept 
from another show and that's the kind of start of something. Um, but then it just evolves along the way. It's sort of out of – I feel like it's out of my control as well. Like it kind of – without trying, like sounding like a wanker, it sort of – it comes alive and I don't really have that much control of it. It's like you put the things in place, you know what they're going to look like and um, there's the story – but the way they kind of move and the way they sound and everything, it just comes together literally wow. on the first day when we're on set. Like, because I, I had an idea for all the hair and stuff, and then, but then the hair guy was like, well, why don't you try this? And it kind of evolved really differently. But you don't get to see all the elements together until literally, like, boom, on the first day. Like, that Quentin character, we, the first thing we filmed was around the pool when he's having his 30th party. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really oh. know what he was going to sound like. Like, I kind of. I knew the character, I knew what he was about, but he really just came alive in that moment, yeah. like around the pool with the, with his mates and they're all going out and and um yeah, I was like, okay, this is this is who he is. <laughs> but sometimes people don't get that and they often say to me, "Oh, I'm, I really like the voice" or like um I, I just love how she moves or something. I'm like, I didn't what how am I moving? I didn't I haven't noticed Oh, it. I see. Like it, those things weren't even part of the plan. No, I haven't practiced. I'm not I don't stand in front of a mirror doing this kind of thing. It just, it really just comes alive on the day. It sounds strange, but it's... It doesn't I sound mean, that strange to me. I can understand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've thought about it a lot and I know what the story is and I know what they're going to say and the scripted lines and everything, but it, the combo of everything comes together on the day, yeah. Like that, the Gavin character, he was sitting on his bed back at the Adelaide house and mm. started talking, but I was like... This is kind of how kids talk, I think. And it was really slow. And I was like, it didn't have the rhythm of something that should be funny. But I was like, I think it's better to just make it real. Like, make it exactly how I think 12-year-old boys talk. And that'll ultimately be funnier than trying to be kind of quirky and yeah. have that funny rhythm that people usually do. Yeah, because some of that I notice in, in, in uh, some of that, it's like, there's something like going for the joke. And then there's something like, I trust that this will be funny later and I just have to let it. Yeah. Like sometimes there's a moment I notice in myself where it's like, there's a little thing that goes on in my head. It's like, if I don't say anything else or make another sound or another movement right here, then this is going to land really, really good. But if I do anything else, if I look or move or anything or say one more word, it's going to. It pops the balloon. So I can imagine there's some unique moments where you're doing those characters where you probably really land in like a special spot where you're like, oh, this is a good spot for this character right now. Yeah. That's so cool, man, because it's just such a, because then the reward is all for the audience. The reward is all, you know, they're going to love it, you know? It's so cool, man. The hard thing is you have to really block out trying to impress the people around you, like the crew and the cast. If the the moment's awkward and not funny, it's okay because well <laughs> it'll come together later. But yeah, it's sometimes you have to really remember it's not about pleasing the people around you, it's about the end result. Yeah. So you get over that and just yeah. Do no, it's interesting, man. It's a, it's uh Yeah, because then you lose because then it's interesting because part of which or what I always notice with my original thing was to make the people around me laugh. Yeah. So it's then whenever you're taping something, sometimes you have to sacrifice that. Yeah. 
to know that it's going to make it's going to play better in this other other way yeah i think when you were saying making this kids laugh at school i used to do that but in a more kind of thought out planned way like i wasn't the class clown the loud kid but i would plan out a thing like a funny um scripted thing that i was gonna just do if i had to do a speech i would write out something really funny and then i just get up and do something kind of shockingly funny (laughs) rather than i wasn't the kid yelling shit out from up the back yeah but even like primary school days i remember like you had to I don't know, drawings and stuff. I'd always do something really funny that incorporated like some in-joke about the teacher or something. And But it was planned out. It wasn't sort of the loud, funny guy thing. Yeah. Which I like. I, it seems to be what I like to do. Yeah, I, I was never the class clown. I, I was never like a physical. I was never physical. I was always like in my head. I was like, oh, this would be a time. I, I was a verbal. Yep. I was more verbal than I was physical. Um. Yeah, I still wanted the people around me to laugh. Like, I loved it the day that, you know, you'd get up and do the speech and they'd (laughs) laugh. It was so fun. Did you remember sometimes the fact that they would even continue to let you go back up to the front of the class after you'd already been funny other times? Yeah. And ruin the teacher's day and she's again going to let you go up and do anything? Yeah. Because the teachers just secretly, they're like kind of bored and wondering what they're doing with their lives. And they're like, hang on, this is going to, this will be like a little wrong, but it'll it'll entertain me yeah sometimes there was no like educational kind of content in what i was saying but the teachers would give me full marks they'd be like you made my day and you just yeah often i I started to work out that if you actually pretended to be the teachers so i'd get up and do like speeches as them and um they were they were keen to it or some other kind of controversial teacher at the school and oh yeah it was like it can't leave the classroom but I said this, like, yeah, that was fun. That's fun, man. It was, it was so fun being young like that, just to be free, you know? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, and there was no, it didn't have to lead to anything. It was just that moment of being funny, and then you'd be thinking about yeah. that forever. Like, Yeah, and, and then reenacting with your friends or talking about how funny it was, that was yeah. so much better. Now it's all captured. So it yeah. kind of... It spoils it some. Yeah, and it gets judged for weird reasons and analyzed too much, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's one of the cool things that's been about podcasts. It's like all that shit is dying in the US. Like all of that, like, because there was no fan base for it. It was just like clickbait online. You know, there was no real, you know, people judging stuff. It was just losers sitting around at home with not just on their computers and people lonely people writing articles it wasn't actual funny people who like to laugh expressing themselves because they're busy living their lives yeah but now it's like with podcasting so many more people are just having a good time again and so much less judgmental in the u.s anyway i'm noticing it growing but i don't know if it's if it says if it's the same here probably yeah i guess it would be it seems to be it seems to be getting really huge, the whole podcast thing, and I can see why. Yeah, it's it's uncensored, and you really feel like you get to know the person you're listening to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's good. Did you, so when you made your family laugh when you were young, did you make like your mother and father laugh too, or no? Yeah, yeah, they, they were the main ones laughing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Was it fun yeah. to make your parents laugh? Like, who was the funnest to make laugh in your family? Like... Probably my oldest brother, yeah. And, I mean, he would make me laugh. Like, so we had a kind of, and still does, like, we had a good thing together. Yeah. 
one of my favorite things that he did when I was little was uh, where I used to go to bed really early and he was a teenager so he would stay up but it was really dark and he used to sneak in my room and like jump on my bed and pretend that he was my Chinese mother <laughs> and did this like ridiculous stereotypical accent <laughs> but the whole concept was that the Chinese mother used to sneak in at night to try to steal me back because I was actually oh. a Chinese kid that had had an operation to make oh, my yeah. eyes wide. <laughs> and then he'd do the whole like, um, I can't do the accent, I'll get in trouble. But um, yeah. Here, let did. me hear. I'll do a Let me try. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're coming home. There it is. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. This is your Chinese mother. Yeah. Um, anyway, he used to do that and then he'd run out of the room and then he'd come back in as himself and he'd be like, oh, Chris, the, um, there was this Chinese woman running down the driveway. She seemed really like freaked out. And I'd have to pretend I didn't know of anything about it. And, and it used to make me laugh so much. He did a lot of those, but my Chinese mother was one of my favorites. That's so cool that he did that because then it leaves you because then he goes to bed or whatever and it leaves you in your bed laying there yeah. with this expansive idea oh, of what so can be funny. Yeah. There's I mean, so, that's Now there's a example. woman out in the world that's a fake woman. There's your brother who's just asleep in the other room. There's you laying yeah. there with your eyes and your spirit wide open. It was so exciting. Like, I'm still, like, thrilled by it. I mean, that's an example of him being hilarious to me. So, um, but I think it kind of got me excited about those ideas. Do you think that, like, humor, like, creates a special bond between, like, family members and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's sort of, I can't imagine people that don't find things funny. Like, that's my whole relationship with the family is everything's a joke. Like, I message my mom, like, every day, and it's always something funny. Like, it's, yeah. And, I mean, cool. there's lots of in-jokes and, and sort of funny stories. But, um, it, it yeah, it definitely bonds people together. Do, do you guys, does your family have a good, like, regular connection as well? And then you also have the humor connection? Or is the humor connection kind of like a, does it kind of suffice for you guys is the way you guys kind of emotionally connect to each other if that's i don't know if that's a bizarre question or not. yeah i think yeah there's it's not two things there's like we talk about regular stuff but it always has a bit of a funny take yeah like and it's that kind of piss take australian humor thing where you're kind of like putting someone down yeah yeah my mom's thing is about how all we're all, she used to say we're all thick like not very smart and so that's her whole thing is that she in the family, she's the one that had the thick kids. Um, oh, yeah. Especially and, after hearing about how big your head was. It's well, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She should have known out of the gate this one's going to be a bit thicker than most. Yeah. So <laughs> she still runs with that angle that, like, we're really stupid. <laughs> um, she's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. She, she must be really proud of you, huh? Yeah, I think she's really into it. Yeah, she's... She, yeah, really appreciates it. And... Um, I think so. We don't really talk about it in that way so much. Yeah. But yeah, she's always telling me people that she works with and friends and stuff that are loving it. So I think she's into it. That's cool. That, that must be, yeah, for a mom, that's pretty cool. Yeah, my mom said she had wore a T-shirt of mine because my mom first came and saw me. She hadn't seen me perform in about five years until yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And she, um, she, I gave her just like a merch T-shirt, you know, oh, which nice. she was just enamored by she talks about uh, it every day now and it's got your head on it. yeah it's pretty pretty lame but uh but she likes it you know yeah and she wore it somewhere and some guy a young guy came up and said something to her and uh yeah it was just like the most 
yeah, there's something for me anyway about making my mom feel proud that really just like makes me feel okay, you know? It makes yeah. me feel like a different level of okay than I'm normally able to make on my own, you know? Because the kind of thing we do, it takes a while to get into the, to get to the level where it's like your job and it's perceived as a successful thing. So yeah. there's many years where I, I'm sure parents <laughs> are like, what the fuck am I yeah. doing? Like, I fucked this up. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> I gave birth to this thick-headed baby and now he's yeah. out here <laughs> doing dirty riddles. What's going on? Yeah. I shouldn't have laughed at the dick joke. <laughs> yeah. like, um, but yeah, so... Sim- I had a similar thing with my mum. There's the character Jemay, the schoolgirl. Oh, yeah. The first time I played her, I sent a photo to my mum going, this is what I'm doing. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, this is wrong. Because it's like, my son's dressed up as a young yeah. girl. It's really weird. <laughs> and she said, her reply to me was, I won't be showing that around at work. Ooh. And then when the show came out, it was like really popular in Australia. And my mum bought a t-shirt with Jemay on it. And she was walking around wearing the t-shirt with me on it. Oh, that's cool. I was like, oh, you changed your tune. <laughs> she's like, oh, once I saw the show. Uh, she's into it now. She is. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I got to let you know that if you need a snack right now, maybe some taquitos or maybe a, um, a ice cream, you know, or a, um, a tiramisu, anytime, anywhere, even ibuprofen at 10 a.m., you can Postmate it. Postmates is your personal delivery service, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service, <clears throat> all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. You know, they're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and they offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional re- retailers you could possibly want or need. That's everything. Think of something. Do you want it? Postmates. 24 hours a day, every day of the year, they'll bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even know where the store is. You don't even have to really know how to open your eyes. Postmates will deliver anything. Download the app for iOS or for Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. You know when they're going to show up. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code WEEKEND. That's code WEEKEND for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code WEEKEND. And now back to the episode. Did, um, you know, what's interesting is a lot of my friends still don't know about Summer High Tide. I regard it as, and, and that whole series, I saw it about a year and a half ago, for the, or t- maybe two years ago for the first time. I'd never even oh, cool. heard about it. And I was so shocked when I saw it and I was like, oh my God. This is like everything I've ever wanted to laugh at in one space. Oh, wow. And, and I, I couldn't believe that I hadn't just been, no, I hadn't known about it, you know? And how did you find out about it? Just random? Somebody said, somebody said, hey man, you have to watch this. And then I heard it again like a week later from somebody just randomly. And then I was like, okay, this thing's coming into my little universe. And yeah, really? I got to know about it. And it, uh, oh, dude. Because that show, like I made that in Australia for our local network and you know, i just never thought it would go beyond australia really so the fact that you're watching it in america 
a year ago is so it spins me out. Like I could that I could imagine. I could imagine that a decade later or something to be have something yeah. still swirling and even blowing people's minds. It blew my mind. It was like yeah. I never seen anything like this since I was a kid and they had a show called In Living Color when I was young that was really big in the States. Yeah. Um but yeah, to this day I think it's probably the funniest you know, and going off into that series, you know, with Mr. G and the other character, like yeah. Jennifer from Tonk, just look at my dick, dad. Just the whole, just so many fucking, it's so ridiculous. It's everything that I felt like was funny to me as like a, as a human, you know, and I, yeah. I couldn't express it. And so somebody had like captured this ability oh, to just so make cool. it perfect, man. Yeah, some people just really get it. Um, yeah. Does it make you laugh? I mean, I, I I never go back and watch anything that I really do have done. But does it make you laugh sometimes? Or there sometimes a character like well, the voice of one of them will pop in your head yeah. that makes you feel good. Oh, uh, definitely. Like, cause you, if you have a look at Instagram and people make all these memes and little videos, yeah. And I, the thing is, I forget that I've done stuff, but I, I relive it through those videos and things. <laughs> Someone sent me a Jamae one the other day, and I was like, I was like, shit, that's funny. <laughs> I was losing my shit over it. Um, yeah, it was just Jamae like having a go at the principal for, um, for not giving her the Hilford medal. I don't know if you've seen that show, but she, yeah. So her whole thing is that they've given it to a fat lesbian border and Mm -hmm. she's really like, can't believe. And she says, um, yeah, I'm like the hottest student to ever grace your fucking playground. And I don't know. I just, for some reason that line made me laugh. Um, but yeah, I, I do laugh at it. I love it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Some it's of the not like you shows. sit around and laugh at it, not in an ego way, but that's, that's, I mean, that's just a testament to how entertaining it is. I think that it can even come back and make you laugh, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's cool. Sometimes there'll be a moment I'll see in a joke, I'll, you know, I'll see online or something. I'll, I'll like, yeah. dude, that got me, man. I was, yeah. That guy did a good job. It's not like I'm thinking I did a good job. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm thinking that guy did a good job. That's a good way to explain it. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not bragging when I say that. It's like, oh, that person was funny. Yeah. Um, it's hard to keep our ego out. It's, uh, or we mind cutting on the AC for a second or just cutting it on over there? It's on that wall. Just put it at like 19, yeah, if you don't mind, bud. Oh, and Ari's a, the opener, too. He's a, he's a, well, that's what he is. He's a comedian, but he's like oh, cool. the best, yeah. He's been, uh. Are you guys on tonight? A real champ, yeah. Where's if you want to jump on stage, man, you know you're welcome to practice something. Oh, what? Um, People would scary. lose their minds, though, huh? Is it hard being like a legend in your country? It must be. Is it kind of scary sometimes a little bit? It is a little bit, but um, I'm pretty low-key and I don't do any press and stuff, so I'm not kind of known as, like, me as myself. So um, I can kind of walk down the street. But at the moment, because the, the lunatics thing's been really big, I do get stopped a lot and it's a bit full-on. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a, like, paparazzi thing that happens here, which can be a bit... It's just scare. It just scares me. It's, it's scary. Like, I... You know, I don't care. The photos, just me walking around the streets and stuff. But the photos are not that weird. But um, it's scary when you see them and you hear the camera and stuff. And it freaks me out. What does that mean? Oh, hear the camera. People show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The pap thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's scary if I go to an event or something and people are all hyped up and excited and you're like, shit, where, how am I going to get away from this? Um, yeah. Sometimes it just it can be a bit full on. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, 
Has it been tough for you to like, was there moments in your career where you've had to like battle your own ego? Like one thing I noticed for myself is my ego, it's kind of a separate animal than me, you know, it lives inside of me and it's like, it can be a victim to all the things that go on in the world, you know, you know, it's kind of like a sugar lizard, I call it like, it'll just, you know, it just goes for the sugar all the time. It's just yeah. the way it's built. Have you had any, and recently I've had to just make sure to myself, like start to do some meditations, just make sure to just keep my mind and focus on what's going on. My job is just to make people laugh and, and not get caught up in anybody else's ideas of what I am. Um, do you have any, did you have any thoughts about that during your career or notice any stuff about your own ego or anything? Um, I think like I'm more the opposite. Like I kind of can't get my head around the, the interest in it. And I don't know, I probably should be more confident about it. I'm just probably a bit down on myself about the whole thing. Um, yeah, if ever I, there's like TV awards nights and I go to those and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like. I'm not part of this. Like, who right. are these people? Would I don't you, know. And I'm not saying that to be, I'm so super humble or whatever. It's just genuinely my thing. I'm not, yeah, I don't it, have it, that ego. Is issue. it a discomfort? So say you're at a thing like that, right? Because if I go to something like that in Los Angeles, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe these people are judging me or I just feel some sort of uncomfort which is kind of fine with me. It's kind of some of the uncomfort is what keeps me in a place where I feel like I'm able to be funny anyway. Um, is that the kind of thing you feel or you just feel like, oh, this isn't my vibe or do you, like if you go to something kind of fancy, is there? Yeah, I think because there's, I, I feel like there's an expectation for me to be a little piece of the show. So I feel like when I'm at those things, people like, can you make us feel the way that we do when we watch you dressed up? and mm. in the show and i'm like that's that's not what i do but like i i knew that you would get it that's why I'm, i like talking to you but normally i don't do those kind of interviews and things or go on tv talk shows and stuff because i know that there'll be that expectation mm. i see what you're saying um yeah well i pre yeah man i'm so grateful that you uh that you that we're able to do this man yeah I, I just couldn't believe i could be such a fan of something i've never been a fan of anything that much in my whole life it's almost bizarre oh, yeah. dude i was like man i'm such a like what's going on with me dude i thought i was gonna go through like a second uh puberty or something you know uh, i thought i was gonna sprout another dick or something you know or yeah. another beard or something on my neck you know yeah. i thought it was pretty cool you just yeah it just made me laugh so much man oh good that's like the best thing ever like to know that isn't it fun making people laugh? It's crazy, isn't it? It's the best, yeah. It's so good. It's Well, that's the whole drive and the reason that we're doing it. It's it's just to make people feel that that thing. Yeah, I mean, you want them to feel a lot of things. You want them to be just excited and inspired and kind of maybe sad sometimes or all sorts of things. But the main thing you want them to do is just laugh and find it really funny. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it is cool, man. There's yeah, there's something. It's so funny laughter because people shake and they make a noise, and it's such a. Yeah. It's almost like you're like Harry Potter. Like it's not like you're Harry Potter, but the process of it is the the yeah. result of it. It's almost like it's like a magic or something, you know? Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, you would have that immediate thing. You're standing in front of people and they're making noises and shaking their bodies at you. Yeah, that's um, true. You get it more immediate on stage. That's right. I uh, forget you because you, you, it says online you did stand up. Yeah, I did start doing that. That's sort of how I got into it. But, um, did yeah. you find that it wasn't your medium kind of doing it? Did you find like, 
because I'm sure you learned from it, like, okay, this is this, but did you then find, okay, I work better in this other realm? Yeah, I think I prefer doing TV, but it was a, that was how I got into it. it was, that was the stepping stone because I would stand. It's There's nothing better than – there's there's no um, better way of reaching – the like creating something and reaching people than stand-up because you're just – you're thinking of everything. You're standing there saying it. It's reaching them immediately. Everything else has layers of stuff that takes away from that. So I found it a really good way to start things. And that's then that morphed into me doing characters on stage. Oh. I mean, I always did characters back in school days and right. and primary, my whole life just always did characters. But then stand-up, I did the more traditional thing and then I moved into that like annoying singing songs stand-up. And then I was like, actually, I'm just going to do characters. <laughs> or so I'd get on stage and I'd talk about a person, a type of person, and then I'd sort of spin around and become that person. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the thing that's working. Like, yeah. And then started to make little short films and things about those characters and then that spun me off into TV. So, yeah, I definitely did it for a little while and it was – you got to have balls to do that though. It's like so scary just to jump up in front of people. Yeah. You get used to it, but – well, I think At what's first. scary to me is to make a character and like put it on Instagram or put it on social media or put it on oh, that yeah. to me feels so scary for some reason. Like uh, there are parts of me that I think would love to do it. I want you to do it. You should do that. Yeah. I'd have to, I, it's, but for some reason that is so scary to me as opposed to getting up in front of people is much less scarier. Yeah. I guess it's just anything you get used to it. It's like if you're scared of flying, you do it all the time and suddenly you're not. It's like that. Well, you know, you know what I think it is, Chris, man, is for me, if they're there live, then I know immediately for me to give something to a place and let it be seen and not be able to be there and know if they're there laughing. Yeah. That for me, is, there's some fear in that. Like, like I need to be right there to know if they laugh or not. It's, I'm okay almost if they don't, it'll hurt me. But yeah, but to put it somewhere like in a television and let them see it but not be able to actually be there and see them as they see it and know if they laugh. Yeah. That's something that's really like, to me, very that. uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. And the thing with TV also is this, it's, it's expensive to make it, so there's a lot of expectation on it and a lot of kind of build up and hype and, and people love to say that you failed at, at it. So there's this yeah. real like expectation thing. But I kind of don't get involved in that. Look, everybody knows I'm a hair boy. And if you saw me I, when I was born, I was hair first and hair for the next half hour and then eventually baby boy, wiener and all that, big feet. Your confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this, and they're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. They understand the emotions you're feeling and know the questions you have. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of, su of success for over 40 years. Your hair is important. So whether you're looking to revitalize your growth or uh, of your hair or just to learn more about the proven methods, the latest ones for hair replacement or restoration, Hair Club is the place for, to do the research. They got professionally trained stylists. They got hair health experts and consultants that will craft a personalized solution to ensure you feel your best and get the most out of your hair. 
See for yourself just how powerful great hair can be. I've had bad hair, man, but not a lot. But I have had hair taken out of the back of my head and put into the front of my head, man. That's reforestation, baby. You know what I'm saying? I should be on that show, uh, Jacked Up Loggers or whatever that TV show is. But you can learn how to do what, what's possible for your hair, the Rogaine, the this or that, chewing the gum. You know, rubbing the frog on your head. They got all the, you, there's a, a million different things, rumors out there. Go to hairclub.com slash Theo today for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair kit, all valued at over $300. That's hairclub.com slash Theo for a free hair analysis and free hair kit. Hairclub.com slash Theo. Experience your hair in your life at its best, only with Hair Club. I'm certain you'll love the club. You know, when you're outside doing your favorite activity, the last thing that you want is a sticky plastic shirt weighing you down. Might as well just have a raincoat on. Wouldn't you rather wear something that's extremely comfortable, performs great, and won't hold you back? That's why two siblings, a Montana fishing guide brother and a Nike designer sister, obsessed with the outdoors, teamed up and made it their mission to create the most comfortable shirt. They've created a brand to give like-minded weekend warriors the natural, comfortable men's and women's apparel they've always needed and wanted. Free Fly is designed for outdoorsmen and outdoors women who won't settle for uncomfortable clothing. They got that butter-soft bamboo comfort design from top to bottom, and this thing is soft, man. This is like hiring seven chipmunks to run across your... uh, run across your cheek after a weekend of eating cotton candy. Designed for those who work hard and play hard and demand the same from their clothing. Comfortable. You can move in this thing. I think it's just so comfortable. There could be a ghost in there with you. You wouldn't even know it. That's how much comfort is in this shirt. Free Fly's clothing is the simplicity that you need. They use subtle branding, a natural color palette, and simple, clean design hits. These clothes embody the versatility you crave, whether you, wherever life takes you. Perfect tops and bottoms for setting sail, casting flies, or just having a good time on the beach or the neighborhood docks. Wherever you are, have this on. Free Flies Bamboo has natural UPF sun protection to keep you cool on and off the water. It's time you stop being uncomfortable and tried out Free Fly's bamboo clothing. Father's Day is just around the corner. Gear up for mom and for dad. You can get 20% off when you visit freeflyapparel.com and use promo code TPW. That's freeflyapparel.com, promo code TPW. I think your dad would love this. It's very simple. It's very, it's simple yet stylish. And you can move in it. And it doesn't feel... Like it's going to weigh you down. Free fly. Did you, did you ever consider going, going to live in the States at any point? Um, not really. Like after the first show I did, um, We Can Be Heroes, that uh, then obviously like in the States, all the agents start calling and people are like, you need to make a movie here and all that kind of stuff. So that happened, but I could just sense that there was going to be too much like involvement from people. And, yeah. And everyone just wants you to do more of the same but they want to tell you how to do it mm. so it's kind of like and then i just was like i'm gonna do that's when i did some heights high i came mm. back and did that and i didn't want to go to auditions and 
Oh, all it that, sucks. That scene. I just love, I'm just driven by a different thing, which is to create something out of nothing and then see the whole process through from the beginning to the end and be the person driving that. Yeah. That's very different experience to auditioning and being in someone else's film or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I got offered some roles recently and I just, at first I was like, yeah, I got excited, but then I had to go back and apologize and say, I just can't do this. I said, yeah, yeah, I like to be a creator. I don't want to do something unless I, for some reason it feels scary to do something of somebody else's. I, I only feel comfortable doing something of my own almost. Yeah. It's a different motivation and people don't get that because it sounds so like prestigious and stuff like to right. be in someone else's film and people still say to me now they're like oh you should act one day i'm like what do you mean i'm like playing fucking six different characters they're like no no, no act in a movie like in someone else's movie like get in a movie with like meryl streep and shit i'm like yeah that would be cool. so dope dude it's like i think i'm, I'm already acting but Anyway, that would be so dope to see you in Bridges of Madison County too. Oh yeah, that would be the most legendary shit ever. I'd just be laughing the whole time. <laughs> Imagine doing a scene with Meryl Streep. Oh. That'd be hard work. She, but to me, she's pretty though. There's yeah. something always about her because she had like a motherly thing and also like a womanly thing. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a gilf. Yeah, she's like the perfect storm. Like I'd breastfeed off her definitely. Absolutely. Who's yeah. someone you'd breastfeed? You think off of that's over the age of sixty? Um, Judy Dench. Do you know who that is? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking she, of someone over sixty. I don't know if I wanted breastfeed. Is she a um, Dame Judy Dench? Yeah. What is sorry. that? A, I've left off the title. Yeah. Dame. She's a religious figure, or she's a she's an actress. Oh, she's an actress. Yeah. No, I don't want to suck her. Uh, what breastfeed her? Yeah. Um. Shit. Who is there? It's Betty White, but she's so old. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would go there, but not with Betty. Yeah. Um, but I'd put a straw in the tit, I think, now that I yeah. think about it, if it's really old. You'd have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going, yeah. Anything over 50, I don't think I'm putting my lips on, man. I just, you know, I'd be a bit nervous, probably. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, be straight. Now, your character, Becky, I think, is probably one of my favorite ones, I think. Especially when they made fun of her in the dorm. Like, I could really relate to that. And that's as far as I am on the show. I'm just through, I think I'm now through episode three, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, of Lunatics. And some of it, I find myself having to go back because there's more... There's a lot going on sometimes. So, it's almost like I have to listen to the wording again, like, to hear everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, but where... What's up with Becky? How's she doing today? Is she doing okay? She's never going to be that okay. Like yeah. she's got a pretty difficult situation. Um, I just like the idea that this girl basically kind of has a disability and everyone's ignoring it and pretending she's just the tall girl. <laughs> and she's got a lot of issues. And her family just have told her how amazing she is, trying to do the right thing. They've like given her this false confidence. So at the point when we meet her, she's kind of – faking it so much but she's just a bundle of insecurity and as the show goes on she gets really involved in becoming a youtube vlogger so mm. she gets this um confidence boost out of all her followers online and things start to take off wow and so she's just it's that young girl being so insecure and and just there's no way she's not an attractive girl she's got a really she's got massive legs she can barely feet walk too. the ankles are very big 
Massive ankles. And they get bigger, it seems like, in some of the scenes. Um, you're not the first person to say that. They don't get bigger, but I think there's just more shots of them. So okay, yeah, because um, there's a couple of scenes where it looked like she put on about 40 pounds in each ankle. Yeah. <laughs> no, she just has some bad outfits. But she just is never going to be the popular girl and or the kind of... She's always going to struggle in life. And I just like that concept that the dorm life is just... Everyone is just relentlessly attacking her every episode. She just is bullied. I don't know why I found that funny, but because yeah. it, it's actually quite tragic. <laughs> but to me, it's funny. She she hits her head a lot on things. Oh, and, yeah. Um, well, it's so grateful her dad came and put a, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. The poor he dad. loves her. Yeah, that's He does his it. best. He's a busy dad, though. He's, he, he does his best. And how can you relate to two girls if you're a dad? It's probably hard. Yeah. And he had the perfect daughter and then the kind of freaky daughter. So he kind of has tried to compensate for it by being super nice, but you can only build someone's confidence up so much. Yeah. And the reality is she's going to have a hard time. Um, I'm curious to see now, man. Now I'm yeah, even more invested happens. in the character. Yeah, she's she has a bit of a love interest thing. And, um, With a basketball guy, I'm guessing? Oh, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. I don't, don't want to tell you that. Okay, yeah, don't tell me. It's, she, she, she just wants to be a normal girl, and it's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. That was... That was a lot of fun. I guess everybody had that. Did you have like, um, did was there anything like, I have like a big nose, I have big ears kind of. Like those are things like I was insecure about like when I was growing up, you know, that always like, and a nose is hard because it's, you fucking have to show it to everybody, you know, like. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. I think I also have a big nose and big ears. Is that what you I don't think? think? I don't think about ears that much, but now, I think, now you've made me think about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so. Yeah, you seem I like you have a normal look to me. Nah, it's a big nose and a big, big ears. But when you're a teenager, all that stuff is so much bigger on your face anyway. Yeah. And you had the big dick thing too, so. Oh, yeah. Thank God I had that. But nobody wanted to hear about that after the big nose and ears. They were like, yeah, yeah. sure, guy. Nobody gets all three big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nobody's that much of a legend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm trying to think of what else really. So you don't have any pets? Oh, you do have pets, he said. I don't have pets, but I have two rainbow lorikeets that come to visit me every day. And it's the same ones, you said? Yeah, the same two, because one has like a squashed up foot, like an injured foot. Oh, yeah, like oh, somebody from Game of Thrones, like, kind of. I'll show you the photo, because he's my screensaver on my phone. Oh. But um, yeah, they're really friendly birds. They're a big thing here in Australia. Like, everyone loves them. I think everyone loves them. They've, they've got good personalities. Do you think that they know that you're on, on telly and everything like that or no? I thought about that. I reckon they might be onto it. <laughs> but they, like literally I go away for months and I come back and they're, they're there. But yeah, because they, they, they literally come into my house and get in my sink and walk. Like oh, wow. they land on the edge of my laptop. Like they've seen me naked. Oh, like, wow. They're like, we're really intimate. They're artistic, it sounds like. Yeah. They sound like photographers. They almost sound like a little bit of... Well, yeah, they maybe maybe they are taking some photos. I don't know. It, that I did cross my mind that maybe because um, there's some other like famous people that live in the area, like Hugh Jackman's got a place down in Bondi. Oh wow! And I've always thought maybe the birds they're going to him because <laughs> sometimes they come to mind. They've got this powdery shit on their oh, nose, yeah. and like, is Jackman feeding them, and then they're coming to me? Yeah. Or are they doing cocaine down by Jackman? Well, you know? yeah, yeah. There's um. They're gramming up down there by Jackman's. And then Seriously, it's like powder on their nose. Yeah. I could see that, man. 
A lot of birds, they, everybody thinks they're doing good shit all the time. That's a crazy thing, man. Yeah, the, these are smart birds, so it wouldn't surprise me. Dude, I remember like I, when I was growing up, they have, in America, they have a disease. It's called Down syndrome, you know? And it's like people have like a, a it's kind of like people just, I don't know what it is really, but they had a good buddy of mine when I was young that had it, you know? And so we were children, you know, and we were good friends. And I remember people always thought that he was, and he would do, we would go drink alcohol sometimes. And like he would do, you know, steal shit, just regular kid shit. And people thought that he was always doing like only sweet stuff. Like he always got the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People always thought like, oh, he's probably doing a puzzle or something. You know, he's with his grandparents. Like, and he fucking wasn't. He was, yeah. He was raising hell, you know? It's yeah. like some things like birds or whatever, they always get the benefit of the doubt, you know? Yeah, we need to analyze that more carefully. Yeah, just because you got colored feathers doesn't mean like you're not a dickhead. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean you're not really raised in hell somewhere. Yeah. They could be somewhere doing who knows what. I like to I like to follow them. I bought a drone and my thought was that I'm going to like fly it off the balcony and follow the lorikeets. Mm-hmm. But they're oh. so fast. The lorikeets are so fast. Plus, as soon as they hear the drone, they fly. So mm. it's it hasn't worked so far. Because they, they have a nest and they have babies and stuff because they always bring their baby to me when they've had one. And oh, my God. This is definitely Game of Thrones kind I of. I wanted to take the drone and find out where the nest was. Oh. Imagine that. Yeah. That'd be sick. You're fucking watching them, following them. Yeah. Think- It'd be good if I had like a virtual reality drone and then I could go to the nest and like reach out. Yeah, spend time there. Like I would feel like I was flying with them. Daddy's home, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Seriously. I'm a Chinese woman coming to get you in the middle of the night. That's what oh, you yeah, do yeah. with the babies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm the baby's Chinese mother, yeah. I like that. Wouldn't that be crazy, man, if one day you wake up like in heaven or something and you come to and you just look in the mirror and you're an actual Chinese woman? Oh, I would love... Oh, that would be amazing. I don't know if I'd love that. I'd be I'd be so surprised. Is that what happens? You go to heaven and the real you is revealed. I bet there has to be some sort of revelation or some yeah. sort of like an exposure, almost like you expose a photo where you see, oh, this is... Yeah, you thought you got away with this. This is the real thing. Yeah, yeah, this is what was going on. You were fucking around, you know. You were playing with these birds yeah. on the balcony in their head, you know. Yeah, cameras in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you were feeding birdseed to a camera for yeah. fucking five years, man. Yeah, imagine that. And you have to watch the footage and heaven. Yeah. And you look like such an idiot, too. You like you just keep feeding this camera <laughs> yeah. birdseed. Seriously. <laughs> that could happen. Was um was there ever like a, a entertainer from the States that reached out, like Jim Carrey or somebody like that, that was like, oh, I have to do something with this guy. I, I can imagine that that's probably happened to you over the years. That oh, that they've reached out to me. Yeah, uh-huh. and they wanted to like they were just real keen on trying to work with you, and and keen means excited. I just learned it like two days ago, but um, yeah, they were excited to try and have you in their project. Or I mean, even though it wasn't something maybe you were looking for, but yeah, there's been a little bit of that, but sort of just more coming from like casting people with directors and stuff. Rather than actual, like... Artists. Artists. Like, a lot of them... No, actually, that's not true. Like, people do... There's been big, big-name people who are fans of the shows and have reached out. Yeah. That happens a, a fair bit. Um, yeah. But I kind of feel like a dickhead naming who those people are. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not asking who they are. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just asking if that's ever happened. I guess, like, yeah, I guess I was just kind of thinking, like, because if I thought of, like, one of my favorite movies is Dumb and Dumber, right? Yeah. So I thought, well, would you ever see, you know, is that something that, like, I, David Spade the other day was telling me that Chris Farley yep. got offered the role of, and there's something about Mary yep. that Ben Stiller played, the main guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just never knew that. It just blew my mind. Because then I start thinking of that movie and if Chris Farley plays Ben Stiller. It's just interesting, you know? Yeah. So I guess I was just wondering if there had ever been like a unique role or if somebody had ever, or just if it had ever happened, not like specifics, you know? There has been a few roles. It's it's never like the handsome lead. It's always like the kind of weird, <laughs> it's like the freak, the weird butler or something, <laughs> like the kind of, yeah, one of them was like a, the it was like James Franco's PA or something, but but obviously it was some like camp weirdo. Yeah. Like I get those roles. Like yeah. basically they've seen some high tide. They're like, can you do Mr. G? But we're not going to say that. But Right. Um, you yeah. got to keep that magic for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to outsource my magic if I have any, you know, or not magic, but whatever I do have, you know. Yeah. I don't want to just put it into whatever. I'd rather yeah. save it and maybe hope that it, you know, that it can be good somewhere specifically. Yeah, I'm the same. So. <sighs> well. So you've only seen three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, right. And also, I also haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen the Heroes movie that you did. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell the bits you haven't seen because you kind of just, your eyes glaze over. I know, it's hard bit. to hide it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I feel bad sometimes. But you can't watch everything. No, you can't. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I haven't seen everything because then there's some things that I can be like, you know, still amazed by. Like, I'm only on season two of Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on season one. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. That's I'm, awesome. But I'm excited that that's ahead of me. Because everyone told me to watch it. So I was like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, and now I'm too. like, I'm secretly watching it. Dude, I watched Scarface for the first time three years ago. Shit. I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen it. Are you serious? Is it good? Fuck you, man. <laughs> you fucking just outdid me. I waited my whole life to watch. People kept telling me, you got to watch it. It's like a legendary flick. I haven't seen Top Gun. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> oh, you can end up in hell, brother. You're not going to make it, man. Yeah. What about uh, Thelma and Louise? Have you seen it? Seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other one was Mad Men. Everyone kept raving about it. And I was like, no, nah, not watching it. And then I secretly watched it and I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to tell anyone to like had to get through like seven seasons. Because I didn't want to be in season three and go, oh, it's pretty good. And they're like, oh, haven't you seen season six? Like, you don't want that. Yeah. So I do a lot of secret watching. Oh, I see. What is uh, What about A League of Their Own? Have you seen that movie? That is Madonna in that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gina it's good Davis. though. Tom I Hanks is that. in it, Re- the lesbian lady. Yeah, um, I could have seen you playing over one of the characters in that. On the yeah, team. I can. I would suit that. Yeah, a big butch lesbian. Yeah, yeah. or not big. She could just be. Re- yeah, but yeah, a lipstick something. lesbian. Yeah, lipstick lesbian, but like in a Chinese city, maybe I see. Yeah, that's that would be my dream. I could see you being like the hottest woman in like a Chinese village, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Am I a Chinese woman? Or I'm just no, a I don't know. Woman. I mean, I just think I could see that. Like, I could yeah, see if yeah. I showed up in like a village, like outside of Shanghai, you know, a couple hundred miles out, mm. and being like, "Oh, this is our queen," you know? Yeah, this, yeah. I can see that too. That 
That'd be great, actually. Yeah. That'd be really good. I wonder what kind of sometime if I could be like, if I had to be a woman, what type I would be. I would be like, I think the bus driver, you know? Oh, yeah. Spit butch. Yeah, tough, you know? Bowling at night. and Yeah, but she's got a feminine side. Yeah. She can sort of wear a dress on Friday nights. Yeah, on Friday nights she likes to wear a dress sometimes to go down to the VFW or something. Yeah. Do they have VFW here? No. It's like Veterans of Foreign Wars. It's where I like oh, all yeah. the... That's what do they what call I'm, it here? We got the RSL. Yeah. Go down yeah. to the RSL and she maybe have a cocktail. The Ari. Yeah, I can see you there. Do some video games or something in a dress, though. You'd do some swing dancing, I reckon. Yeah. But you'd be sort of, yeah, attractive when you wanted to be. Mostly butch. Yeah, mostly just fucking riding the rails. Yeah. Out there, just getting people where they need to go. It'd be fun. Yeah. You could just do that for a day. Be a real woman. Yeah, <laughs> I think in a couple of years you'll be able to. I think in a couple of years, like with all these hormones and stuff they have now, I think just chuck it on for a day. Yeah, chuck on a fucking puss and a couple of tits, you know. Yeah, and hit okay. the, you know, go watch, you know, something, a film or that, you know, walk, take a run. Yeah, I'd like to hours. run as a woman. I bet go for a jog. Yeah, the sports bra. You have to keep yeah. it. Just let it all spit th- if you want. Yeah. <laughs> See, you always go butch woman. Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, because if yeah, well, being the pretty woman would scare me. I think it seemed yeah. like so much pressure. That would be hard work. Yeah, I'm, I don't envy that. Always having to look kind of like perfect, eat your soup real perfectly. Yeah, it would make me nervous. Everyone's man. staring at you. Yeah, think yeah. about that. Everybody's staring at you, and it happens when you're young, and then it makes you. That would make me so nervous. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah, I don't know what else I would be. Maybe I could see you also being like the guy, like on a soccer team that like is in a wheelchair there on the side. Oh uh, yeah, and he's Hang like the, he's in the team, but they just it's like a sympathy thing, and they wheel him out once a year and kind of wheel him down the grass. Yeah, down the grass. Or, yeah, it's like because the field is a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's a cheap field, yeah. Yeah. It's downhill a little. Yeah, I could do that. Trying to think of some other. Oh, I could also see you doing like a Robin Hood type of. Oh, yeah. I could see you being like a Robin Hood. Yeah. Robs from the rich and gives to the poor. Yeah. Does he swing through? No, it's Tarzan. He doesn't like climb trees and shit, does he? Robin Hood. I could see you being like Tarzan's brother that wants to do something different and uh, wants yeah. to get out of the jungle a little. Alternative, like, yeah, he's a bit of an emo Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's skinnier. Yeah, he's a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his girlfriend's what not that great. hot. Yeah, she's not that hot, <laughs> dude. And she comes to the edge of the forest and, like, gives him books and shit. Yeah. And cassette tapes, even though he's an other player. Yeah. He's, he's always a bit depressed. <laughs> yeah, I could see you doing that. Me so think of many options. Do you think sometimes, like, do, do you know when a character comes into your head, you're like, like for Lunatics, you know, did you have them all planned out? And obviously you had ideas and you said once you get to set, and yeah. you get in makeup, it grows even more. But but was there another character that you went to set with that you guys did yeah. that you left on the floor? Uh, not that we got that far with, but in the writing stage, I had like about eight characters all up. And then I kind of had to narrow it down. Um, I remember doing a drawing actually, and I'm not even good at drawing stuff. And it was like of all of the characters together. 
Um, and so I could just look at the lineup and was imagining it, how it would work. And then there was a couple of characters that I just thought, nah, you're kind of crossing out. It's like a little too similar mm. to that. It's similar to something you've done before. <laughs> That's the thing because I've done a lot of characters now, so I have oh, to always yeah. look different. I've done, you know, once you do long red hair, you can't do that again. So you've got to think of different hairstyles and um yeah so a few of them i got rid of but then are some of the great ideas i sort of morphed those ideas into the current characters mm. so yeah yeah it's hard to find new characters i bet huh because once you've done like a guy if it's a gay guy you can't it's like you could do another one but it's it's still kind of sticks on the it'll stick to the other one that's it yeah it's hard and there's always is a little bit of a crossover because there's certain things you find funny or interesting so you're always kind of going down the same path a little bit um yeah but that's actually the challenge now is to make it different because i've mm. done a lot a lot of characters now is that kind of i mean even though it's like i'm sure there's a great sense of pride with that is there a little bit of like um is it almost kind of a bummer sometimes that you've gone through like a lot of humanity and character you know that, that you have that much of a body yeah like- it is because sometimes you've got a slightly different take on it and i'm like oh fuck that would be better I'm like, yeah, but you kind of did that. Like, you've done, like, the fashion thing or the skate thing or whatever it is, surf or whatever the kind of world is. Yeah. Or I've done an Asian woman before, and I'm like, I can't really do that again. Yeah. Um, But I do bring characters back. Like, there's been a lot of, like, uh, spin-offs and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, they come back. Well, I've seen, I'll think of some, most of, some of the stuff I've seen. I've seen, like, Jonah from Tonga, and I've oh, yeah. seen, I mean, yeah, it was just too much sometimes, oh, but so good. And it helped me learn about, like, Tongan people a little bit and, like, the characters, and it gave me, like, a sense of, like, what it would actually be like to be at a school when you're young like that, you know? Um, and when he goes and lives with his auntie. Yeah. And shit, God, I fucking miss that family, dude. Yeah. I miss the fam, miss the fucking auntie, man. It feels so real, like, it feels like that, that, they exist out there somewhere still. Yeah. Does it feel like yeah. that to you too? Yeah, to me it does. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's kind of, yeah, I'm kind of caught, caught up in the illusion of it as well. Yeah. Weirdly. I, I, yeah, I can totally, I could totally imagine that. You know, a lot of kids these days, their imagination is changing because, you know, with social media, with computers and stuff, it's different. Like you can create stuff actually more. So your imagination is almost like the processor now is in the machine. Yeah. Whether than it used to have to be in your head, you know. It's a little bit scary. I wonder if they'll ever have, you know, if we'll ever be able to do some of the stuff that, you know, you and I have been able to do growing up. Like if the medium will change so much that they won't even, like why is this guy pretending to be this character when he could just, you know. Yeah, you're right. That's weird, isn't it? It's already kind of evolved a lot in the last 10 years or so. So, yeah. Does it scare you a little bit? No, I just kind of roll with it. Like, it's funny doing the show with Netflix because they have this sort of the episodic thing, but all the apps kind of run together for most people. Most people sit back and watch like one and a half episodes or something. And then the, the episode length time, it's, it's so we sort of, they're basing it on the model of, old broadcast tv but it's actually already evolving into this thing it's just this linear entertainment thing that people just tap into when they want to and yeah we're sort of in this weird transition where it's a little bit there's a little bit left over from the past yeah i mean kind of like 
Yeah, like when films first started and it was like vaudeville performers and shit and they were like, um, it was all just like watching a theatrical production. Like you were kind of looking at it from one perspective and then it kind of evolved and people were like, well, shit, we could get different angles and we could edit this. And Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I'm sounding like, I know what I'm talking about. You've just seen it's changed. Yeah, it evo- it's evolving. And so I've I started doing 25-minute episodes or whatever and – they went to air once a week and now I'm doing this kind of long thing that just keeps f- flowing together and yeah, it's cool. Has it been cool? Has it, was, has it, has it been, was it as cool of an experience doing Lunatics as anything else? Yeah. Well, cool and better in the way that it reached people because normally I have to like launch it in different countries and you kind of deal with different networks where this was just like, they just press the button and suddenly it's all over the world. Yeah. It's a big audience. So, but making the show was pretty much the same experience, I guess, as all of them because, yeah. It's so crazy. It's suddenly like there are moments where I'll look at you and I'll see like just like other, another character will pop into my head that it's like I forgot about a little bit. Oh, or, really? You know, even from the past, yeah, there'll be like an angle where it's like, oh, there's a Mr. G. And, yeah. you know, or it'd be like an angle and then it'd be like, oh, that's fucking, you know, oh, I see how he's built. That's how Jonah was built, you know, like if just like the way your arm is bent. It's just kind of bizarre, man, you know. Yeah, it it's is It's really weird. cool. I don't see myself, I guess. I don't really get that experience unless I'm looking in the mirror or something, but... Um, yeah, I can imagine. That must be weird. People often do try to say who they think I'm the most like. They do oh. say that quite a lot. But that, it, that must change, though, because then suddenly there are moments where I'm like, oh, he definitely seems like Gavin a little bit more, you know? Yeah. The Earl of, what is it called? Gayhurst. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude, what a <laughs> fucking great name. <laughs> um, Chris Lilly, man, thank you so much. I don't think there's anything else, really. I mean, we can kind of... Chill and wrap it up. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds good. It's been really fun. Has like, it been? Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but it's been so relaxed and you're very easy to talk to. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I wanted this to be just a... I mean, I think this would be a great episode, man. Our listeners are going to absolutely be over the moon just to have... To be able to have like a, just an experience with you just as a regular person, you know? And um, yeah, yeah, it's just inspiring, man. It's inspiring to see like... Because uh, there's nothing else out there like you. So people need to see it and young people need to see it so they can be reminded i can oh i I can do that you know yeah because that's how i learned about stuff watch it i would see in living color and like damon wayans and so i'd be like oh i can do that that's a thing yeah wow now i'm gonna do that you know i get kids sending me videos all the time of characters like they it doesn't great yeah it's fun that would be great um do you plan to will you make more stuff in the future you're not gonna you don't have any plans on quitting being creative do you not at all no i love doing this thank you it's so fun good can't wait to do more Cool, brother. Uh, Chris Lilly, ladies and gentlemen, check out Lunatics. Um, and then go back, if you haven't, and watch Summer Heights High, uh, Jonah from Tonga, and um, and you'll fall into the rest of the world and, uh, and tell your friends about it. Because, yeah, for some reason, man, Summer Heights High is the greatest gift I can give to any of my friends that haven't. I'm like, have you seen this? And when they say no, I'm just like, oh, fucking Merry Christmas, motherfucker. You know? It's fun. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a 
Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. improves children's health by developing better treatments and technologies. Ranked number five in the nation, we take on the most complex, rare, and life-threatening conditions because all children deserve a healthy future. Learn more at childrensnational.org innovation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.